If you have your Bibles with me this morning, we're going to be reading out of Genesis chapter 9, verses 12 through 14. And we're talking about symbolism today. Symbolism is a very important thing. We have symbolism in every aspect of our lives. Symbolism is all over our computer. We call them icons. It's a symbol that shows us and spells out to us kind of where we are and what's going on with that. Uh, we have symbolism as we talk about on the cross and what Jesus did there on the cross. We have symbolism recognizing our church and our logo. All of that symbolism. The key to symbolism is knowing what the symbol means. Wouldn't you agree? Symbolism without knowing the meaning is not a whole lot of anything. Symbolism is full of, in Scripture. It has symbolism all the way through it. It talks about people with white hair. It talks about stairs. It talks about uh, floods. It talks about all kinds of different things. And it symbolizes the meaning of something that happened. And symbolism helps us to remember. It helps us to remember. Genesis chapter 9 also uh, records a symbolism to help us remember a promise and a covenant from God. Maybe y'all recognize this as we read it. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. And whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember. Everybody say remember. I will remember my covenant between you and me. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. May our hearts and minds be opened also to understand and remember our covenant, our forgiveness, our joy from your love. We pray this now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. symbolism is a big thing, like we just said. And God has used it throughout Scripture talking about symbols, but understand this, that symbols sometimes change for different societies and generations. Symbolisms are then required for us to understand what those symbols mean. For example, the rainbow, we know in Scripture, God means for it to be a symbol of a covenant that no longer would the earth be destroyed by what? The flood, exactly, the flood. But yet, we've taken the rainbow and we've turned it into all kinds of symbols meaning different things. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? One symbol that I didn't too, take too kindly to, you know, that reading rainbow thing? That wasn't really my kind of deal. And of course, we've got other symbols of the rainbows too that we may or may not agree with and things of this nature. But symbolism is all about knowing the meaning of what the symbol means. Now, every time this, uh, every time about this time of year, I get, uh, when we come to this decorations of hanging of the greens and, and bringing in Christmas trees and decorating with Christmas, I get emails or I get people talking to me about how dare that we bring paganism inside the church of God. And for me, I have to respond by saying, well, to know that that is pagan worship, first one must know pagan worship. And I don't know pagan worship. 
And if you'll understand that the beginning of every Advent season, when we bring the trees in, which represents everlasting life, and we bring in the chrismons that we make by hand, and the, the youth and the children have made these chrismons, they represent symbols of Scripture. They represent symbols of meaning that we should all understand what it means. So there's nothing pagan about a tree with lights on it. It's very Christian in the fact of what it means and it stands for, for us. There's nothing pagan or absolutely uh, um, obtrusive from the chrismons because they represent everything that's located in Scripture. And that's why we have a service like we have today where Dan will come up and with the help of the children, we'll explain every chrismon what it means, the symbolism of it, and why it helps us remember of what Jesus did for us from his birth to the cross, to one day his return his, and, and, and our uh, promise of eternal life. Well, good morning. Make sure everybody's awake. You know, we're, this is the first Sunday of Advent. Does anybody know what the first Sunday of Advent is about? Anybody? Anybody? People are thinking. Huh? Eating? Jesus. Oh, okay. I thought you were still in Thanksgiving. Um, it is the hope. Hope. Now, how many of y'all are familiar with the need for hope? Everybody. You know, I think every single person in this room at some point in time has felt hopeless. It's an awful feeling, isn't it? Hope is the first Sunday of Advent. Hope. And when you think about Jesus and the Jews at the time of his birth, it was a time of desperate need for hope. They were a people that were occupied. Rome called the shots. Their temple was overseen by a tower filled with Roman soldiers. It was a time and a need for hope. The Advent season is a time of hope. This time of year, it's very, very dark, isn't it? You look outside, and what does it look like? Sunshiny spring day? Nope. This time of year is a time, especially in Europe, where they began to remember that symbols that were common to them became symbols that represented hope. We call it hanging of the greens. If you've ever cut down a tree, does anybody cut down their own Christmas trees anymore? Nope. Uh, I have cut down Christmas trees before, and you know what the funniest thing that hits you other than the pine needles down the back of your shirt? What is it? Smell. smell. Yes, nothing smells like a real Christmas tree. So the tradition was that you became during this season to bring in evergreens. Evergreens, they are a symbol of everlasting life. Pine trees, fir trees, they don't cast their leaves during the winter, do they? Their leaves remain. And this is a season and a time of remembering everlasting life. 
Now we're going to look at some symbols, symbols of our faith, symbols that remind us of Jesus. We call it a chrismon tree. It's a tree that is filled with symbols. And this is a season for teaching and for learning. So guess what? Y'all are gonna teach me because I got a lot to learn and my hope is that y'all will learn something this year as well. So let's go ahead and start. Who wants to go first? Now I'm gonna ask the children if they'll take them and they'll hold them up high so everybody can see. All right, what is it? A candle. Now, how many of y'all remember what candles were? Now we use candles on our birthday cakes, don't we? Well, Jesus said something in the just at the end of the Beatitudes. He said to us, he said, you are the light of the world. A candle set on a hill. Now, what do you do with a light or with a candle? You put it under a bushel? No! Let's try that again. Do you put a candle under a bushel? What are you going to do? Let it shine. Let's put the candle up there. So our next symbol, hold it up, there we go. What is that? A fire, hmm. There's something to work with there. Let's call it a dove, okay? It's a symbol of a descending dove. Now there's something amazing that happened when Jesus was baptized. The scripture says that the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. Let's put the dove up. Now we have another symbol. Can anybody tell us what that symbol is? A fish, very good. Now, you're thinking, well, what does a fish have to do with Christmas? Does anybody want to guess? Okay. The fish actually is from the Greek term, ichthus. Ichthus is the first letters in the Greek alphabet relating to Jesus Christ, God's Son, and Savior. And the tradition was back in the days when Christianity was persecuted under Rome, you would walk up and you would draw an ark in the dirt in front of you. And if the other person was a Christian and they came up and saw you, they would make the symbol of the fish. The fish, God's son and savior. Jesus Christ, God's son and savior. All right, who's next? Now hold it up. Butterfly, fantastic. Oh, you're ahead of the game. What's a butterfly got to do with Christmas? What? New life, New life. fantastic. What else? Transformation, yes. There's a beautiful statement that Paul made in 2 Corinthians. If any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature, a new creation. 
Behold, old things are passing away. All things are becoming new. Now, how many of y'all have seen a beautiful caterpillar? We got one. Most of the caterpillars I've seen are not that pretty. But I've never seen an ugly butterfly. Have you? Now, as Christ comes into our lives, guess what? He makes us a new creation. And that butterfly is a symbol of the new creation. Go ahead. You can put it on the tree. Okay, hold it up for everybody to see. A cross in a circle. Huh. How is that a symbol of Christmas? Go ahead. Peace. Yes, very good. Peace. Now, Jesus came into this world. He invaded this beautiful mess, and it's a symbol of the cross, but it's also a symbol of eternity, of the circle, but also his invasion into the world. The word made flesh and dwelt among us. All right, y'all stand up. Hold them up. Star, yes. What is the importance of a star at Christmas? Yes, sir. I'm sorry? Christmas tree. You got, you, we got bows on top of our Christmas tree this year. Lisa. A star. Now, what was important in a star I'm sorry? Right, the wise men from the east followed the star to Bethlehem. They followed the star. Go ahead. Y'all can put it up on the tree now. All right, you want to hold that up for me? Now, I made a mistake last service to ask what this was. And they informed me that it was a teapot with a T-Rex tooth. <laughs> it's not a teapot with a T-Rex tooth. It's a lamp. Thank you. Where were you last service? It's a lamp. Scripture says, thy word shall be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The lamp is a symbol of the word of God, Jesus Christ. Let's put that on the tree. Can you hold it up? Good job, good job. Now, that's a symbol of what? What is that? It's a dove, right? And what's it got in its mouth? Olive branch, yes. Now, where did that come from? Dry ground. Yeah, yeah, Steve actually talked about it. The rainbow came after this. Noah sent a first a raven out, and it flew and flew and flew and came back with nothing. Then he sent dove out. And what did the dove come back with? An olive branch. But it's a symbol of what? Hope. 
a symbol of peace and hope. Good job. All right. All right, ladies, hold that up. What is that? Star of David, man. You need to go on Jeopardy. Just put a question at the beginning. No, I'm teasing. Yeah, the Star of David. Now, for the Jewish people, the Star of David is very, very significant. For the Star of David is a representation of the great family. The family of David, the line of the tribe of Judah. And Jesus was born into the family of David. So we remember this star and it is a symbol of hope and a symbol of promise. Of God's promise to all of humanity. That he is salvation. All right, can you hold it up? Awesome job. Now, what is that? The outline, of a candle. outline of a candle and a light. And how many of y'all ever been in a dark place, a really, really, really dark place? How much light does it take to overcome the darkness? Just a little flame. And the promise is in Scripture, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. No matter how bad it gets in your life, the light of God's grace and his love shines in your heart and the darkness cannot defeat it. What a beautiful promise. Please put that on the tree for me. What do we have here? Circles, three circles connected. Wow, you're doing great. What is that a symbol of? The Holy Trinity. Not the Holy Trilogy, but the Holy Trinity. Remember that. The Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. What a beautiful symbol for us as we go through this season. She's making sure Grandpa sees. <laughs> All right. Now, what is that a symbol of? Our, the cross. And what's the significance of that? This is known as the Latin cross. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. 
It is a symbol of God's sacrifice for all of us. It's a symbol of his love, his grace. For the wages of sin is what? Death. But the free gift is eternal life through what? Christ Jesus our Lord. The cross is a symbol of the penalty. Let's go ahead and hang on three. All right, what is that? It's a lamb with a cross. Now, Scripture says that Jesus was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus is the lamb. You know, I always think of Revelation, and I think about the world leaders being frightened and fearful of the lamb that was slain. The lamb has always been a symbol of sacrifice, but it is combined with the cross to remind us of God's sacrifice on our behalf. I don't think we realize how much we are loved. Please. Good job. All right, we got a heart. What's that got to do with Christmas? God's love. You know, in Isaiah, it says that God will take a heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. Now, if you live in this world, does the world give you a hard heart? It really does, doesn't it? This world can beat you up, and there's a tendency for our hearts to get hard. But God gives us something better than a transplant. He gives us a new heart. And our lives are transformed by his love and his grace that changes our heart from stone to flesh. Please. All right, our next symbol is an angel. Yes, angel. That comes from the Greek word angelos. And it's a very fascinating word. It means messenger. Now, when God showed up in Bethlehem, the angels made an announcement to whom? Shepherds. Shepherds, and we think of shepherds, we think of nice little neat people that take care of sheep. Let me tell you something about God and his love and his grace and his glory and his mercy. You know, Jesus was announced after he was born to shepherds. Now, shepherds in Jesus' day were not the creme de la creme of society. They were people that could not testify in court. They were the people that people looked down on. But God makes his announcement of his son born to the least, the very least. You ever felt like you were the least? All of us have. But guess what? God always makes his announcement 
to the least, to remind us that we're not the least. We're his children. The angel. And another thing about angels, we think of them as these nice little butterfly-like thingies. Can I tell you something? Every time an angel shows up in Scripture, they have to say one thing. You know what they have to say? Fear not. In other words, don't be afraid. Because angels are impressive with God. And they're much more impressive with us. Go ahead. All right, can y'all hold that up for us? All right, what is this? A crown. Now, what do you use a crown for? You put it on your head. And that means if you put it on your head, what does that make you? A king, a queen, or a prince, or a princess, right? Crowns are a symbol of royalty. And you know what? Jesus was born King of kings and Lord of lords. He is our king. He is the prince of peace. Sign this. Amen. I like that. All right. You want to hold it up for us? Now, what is that? A trumpet. It's a good guess. It's a good guess. Um, But we're going to assume that it's a cup. And it's a cup, and it's significant. Why? You know, we did, last Sunday, we did the Lord's Supper, right? And I know things have changed a little bit. But the cup was something that Jesus, in the middle of, of the last night he spent with the disciples. The scripture says that he took the cup and he blessed it. And he said, this is my blood which is shed for you for the remission of sin. But it's also an amazing thing too. We call the Lord's Supper a word. We call it the Holy Eucharist. And you know what that means? Thanksgiving. It's a thanksgiving celebration. The cup is a symbol of God's love shed for each and every one of us. Please. All right, what is this? Somebody said it. A manger. The last time they said it was a box with an X. Um, It's a manger. Now, this is not last, it's not least. God sent his son not into a perfect hospital. 
Every child here was probably born in a hospital with the best of physicians, the best care that the world could provide. But the Son of God was born in a backwards town, in a town that would not even allow him to stay at the inn. His mom was forced to, to give birth in a stable. He didn't have a crib. He had a feed trough. Know that God would go through anything and everything to show his love for you. You are worth it all to the heart of God. You are loved. In a manger, what a beautiful symbol. Christmas it's not about what we get it's not about stuff it is about gifts it is about the gift of love that God gave to all of us and my hope is for every one of you one day to teach your children when they're your age, about Christmas and about how much they're loved. You are loved. You are loved extravagantly. And as you go through this season, remember that this is a season of hope. Of hope. No matter how dark it gets, there is a light that shines in the darkness. And that light is the love and the grace of God. Because God always shows up in the darkest moments. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go through this season, Father, we don't want it to just be a moment on a Sunday. We don't even want it to be just a Christmas morning. Father, we long for this to be our lives. A reminder that in the darkest moments you are present. That you won't blow out a weak flame. But you will bring it forth to shine light. Father, we pray that this time will be a time of learning, of every breath, of every moment, being reminded of your love, your grace, your mercy, your change in our lives. Father, we pray that you bless this season, that this season will be a celebration of your Son, Jesus Christ. For it is in His name we pray. Amen. Thanks for watching. We would love for you to connect with us online. On our website, you will find up-to-date information about everything happening around here. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And please, download our free app on your smartphone or tablet. We are so glad you're here today. We hope you feel at home, and we hope you enjoy your friendship experience.